Oh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> no, seriously, though, this podcast was recorded by three very naughty women, some of whom have forgotten the magic of Christmas. <clears throat> ho, 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 just a little warning. They're ruining it for everyone. The bitches. Hello and welcome to Girls With Goals. On this week's episode, I'm delighted to welcome back to studio Rosemary McCabe and Joanne McNally. A little bit later on, we'll be joined by two-time Olympian and modern pentathlete Natalia Coyle. But first, we're going to play our game Six Words or Less, but we're going to do it with a little bit of a twist this week. Because you were both on our very first episode, I thought I'd remind you of the six words that you both used to describe yourselves originally. So this is going to work flawlessly so rosemary here's what you said 10 episodes ago personal trainer ish like fighting online Ooh, so much has changed (laughs) (laughs) so much has changed you don't fight online anymore i actually don't you don't no i've really toned that down i mean like unless totally necessary yeah today i did have a go at the national concert hall which i feel like was a worthy a worthy tweet. Oh, really? Well, they're Ooh. having they're having a Shane McGowan night, and it's like eighty five percent men, and one of the one of them is like recent wife beater Johnny Depp. <gasps> so I thought that was worth kind of going. This is a bit crap. Mm. And Joanne, here's what you said: paranoid or always checking my braces for food, <laughs> which is what I am doing. Well, 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 so much has changed <laughs> because I had my braces taken off. Wow. Look at those pearly whites. Well, I know. Well, they're not white yet. I'm getting them white in there next week. They look great. Just the bottom ones, Just the bottom it? ones. I basically want to look like um, Hilary Duff. See, my friend who I should say in Melsworth Clinic in town is doing me a massive favour. You said this in the first episode as well. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. <laughs> we know that she's doing I was, was out there the other night for drinks and she was like, have you ever once plugged my dental practice? Constantly. Like, no. <laughs> I don't is think I have. Is this the only place you do it? Corny. Um, yeah, this is pretty much it. So anyway, yeah. So I don't pick my food out of my braces anymore. And I'll tell you what, I am enjoying every second of it. You've no idea. Like it's so, it's actually quite embarrassing. Like it's hard You can't really eat with anyone You have to eat like this Excuse me I would just like to point out I do have an idea Because I had train tracks On my upper and lower teeth For four years Yeah when? And what's worse uh, Between the ages of 12 and 16 But this is oh, important yeah, No one cares about no, that No no I had no, them no. Back then as well No one eats out at that no, age no. You can't afford to eat out Excuse me I'm not finished When I went into the orthodontist She said We have new gold train tracks Would you like to try them Oh no So for four years of my adolescence I had a grill (laughs) Upper and lower I had a grill like Nelly You you pay top dollar to have that now 22 karat gold plated they were Does anybody get train tracks anymore at all? I don't even know if that's still. A they thing. get it. The invi- well, older Does everyone people get the invisibility ones. Invisibilia ones, yeah, because it's less embarrassing. <laughs> Invisalign, I think you're all. Invisibilia. <laughs> you're all trying to say what's Invisibilia? A podcast. That's it. This Let's is not talk about that right now. Exactly what we talked about in the first episode. We made that mistake as well, so we're going to have to change it up. So because we already yes. know how to describe ourselves, I never ourselves, made that mistake before. <laughs> Let's ask Joanne to describe Rosemary in six words or less, and we'll vice versa it then as well. I've got it. Retired online scrapper who eats. Eggs. That's good. That's true. Thank That's you. Accurate. But not every day. Eggs. Okay, it's a or six clues. Okay, it's sorry, a sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I have one, probably based on my personal anger, ire at our our at the next guest on your podcast. So Joanne McNally, right? Uh, pretty funny, but she's now Olympian. <gasps> oh. 
I love that because you're plugging Natalia Coyle, who we should and all stay tuned for. She's not even here. <laughs> I feel personally affronted that we weren't told that we were going to be on with the Olympian. Yeah, well, she's it's like not- the same way that like I wouldn't want to be on a show with. I mean, Louise O'Neill. Yeah, I know. Do you know what I mean? Over at you, like, like Louise I is like- going to be on in the new year. Well, I'll not make me, sure she's not. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were on with an Olympian. Um, Natalia's not going to be here, so it's changed from the first episode. Well, thank God, because I don't even want to look at her face. Well, the difference was because when we spoke to the first episode, we had Ashling. No, we had... Crossfitter. Kat Farron, yes. yes. And she came in and it was brilliant. But mm. I found that I wasn't able to talk to her that much because you guys were asking her too many questions. Mm. <laughs> so I actually changed that the entire sense. podcast because of you guys. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. Mm. Natalia's on later on, but it was a great interview. She's such a lovely girl. So it is Christmas... It's a weird time of year. What I love about Christmas and what I kind of want to talk about is our own Christmas traditions, in particular family traditions around this time of year. So do you guys have any weird Christmas traditions that your family does every single year that nobody else does? I'm trying to think. Like, we're pretty standard when it comes to Christmas. Would like, you call your family mainstream? mainstreamers? Yeah, I'd say we're fairly basic when it comes to Christmas festivities. Like, we get locked and eat loads like that's yeah. basically what it is like we used to have a tradition my mum only stopped doing stockings for us when my brother married okay and he was really upset that she wasn't doing stockings anymore and she was like look I just they're so expensive she said the stockings end up costing as much as the yeah. presents pack it in but I was well into my 20s um, when mum said she wasn't doing that stuff anymore and we were devastated like we were brats like we were because we wanted the chocolate coins in the stocking mm, you always mm. got the chocolate coins the soaps the body washes the pyjamas the socks oh no I get the pyjamas the night before yeah, I get the pyjamas the night before we get nothing yeah. the night before do you well, get the pyjamas um, are to wear only masks that's the only thing we get the night before do you still masks. get the piles of presents like Santa presents no, no. I like every single year get a little pile and they're all wrapped and no. it's a different pile than my oh, brother's so, so you know what right so we we come downstairs like we have the same I've had the same Christmas since I was a kid so like our Santa uh, obviously it's different for every family mm-hmm. our Santa never wrapped our Santa gifts so oh. we would get like a Santa gift and a stocking at the end of the bed and then we would go down the next morning and there'd be like wrapped gifts sorry so we'd get them on Christmas morning and we'd go down later that morning and there'd be wrapped gifts from my parents we were never allowed to open them until after mass after mass so you had to go oh this was separate to Santa presents These so, were so your, Santa presents gotcha. we were allowed to get because they came in the middle of the night and they were put at like at the foot of our bed I'm yeah. the world's deepest sleeper my parents really looked out so I would never realise that they were even in the room like okay. oh my god amazing but then we had to wait until after mass for the other presents you never realised Santa was in the room but no but we had a cousin who used to come and stay with us from the UK and weirdly Santa used to wrap his presents and I remember feeling really <sighs> being like this is an English thing like English Santa Santa must know he's English and he expects his presents wrapped because he's such, so snobby I remember the year that I realised that Santa got me and my cousins the same presents and I started becoming re- are we allowed like talk about the fact that Santa's not real aren't we like, I we're guess grown, we are <laughs> we are grown women you're kind of giving me eyes here like I'm, oh no like, uh, this is just my face like I'm denying Jesus or something no 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 I think I was already talking about how like okay, my parents snuck into my room like, I never know I got in a lot of thing. trouble once Neve before kind of like being <laughs> questionable here I got in a lot of trouble when I worked in radio because I said something about Santa not being real on air but I don't think children listen to this podcast no I don't think children are no. downloading this no podcasts are not for kids yeah podcasts it's aren't not for ki- kids if it was kids with girls but this is girls with girls yeah. and I think girls have established that Santa's not the uh, he's not real so anyway so it was this thing of realising that because you get to a stage where you start having doubts but you don't want to believe it Mm -hmm. so you lie to yourself it's like confirmation bias so me and my cousins started getting the same which I have to say is 
pretty bloody lazy on the part of my mum and my aunt considering she knew we were all going to be spending Christmas Day together. So like me and my cousins were They all want the same thing. No, because our stocking presents were all the exact same. So we were getting the same little weird teddies or we were getting the same pyjamas. Like it was like lazy. I'm actually getting really annoyed thinking about it. It was lazy like. Lazy. And then I remember one year finding this kind of like colour me in wheel or whatever we were buying at that stage under the bed. And then I turned up in Santa's package and um, I asked my mum, do you, do you put, do you kind of sneak presents in on top of Santa's presents? And she was like, no. And then I knew. But I denied it to myself. And eventually, eventually I came clean at about 11. That's late. Yeah. And I I said to my mum, when are you going to tell, when are you going to tell me? And she said, oh, we never would have told you. I had doubts because people in school were talking about oh, it's always Santa. School, yeah. And bastards. people were kind of like, I can't believe you believe in Santa. And I was like, absolutely, of course I believe in Santa. He's real, he's magic. Um, so <clears throat> one year I decided I was going to write my Santa letter and I was going to make sure that only Santa read it. So I stapled it, thinking that nobody could open a stapled letter. Mm-hmm. And then I gave it to my mom. And I was like, now you make sure <laughs> that gets to the post box. We used to burn our letters to Santa. See, that's a weird tradition. We'd Why did you burn them? them? Oh, we'd yeah. write them and then and we'd set them in fire, the fire to them. Yeah, and then you'd like put them in the fire and you'd imagine that like they wouldn't really get burned, they'd fly up the chimney in the yes. ashes and then they'd get put Magic. back together in Lapland. I yeah, think my woman just didn't want to go that. to the post office. I think that is from Santa Claus the movie. Um, Christmas, the Christmas, Christmas movie. jumpers, I am fully convinced is a new tradition in Ireland. I actually think that we've only gone mad for Christmas jumpers in the last 10 years. Yeah, I was going to say less, 10 years. maybe. Five, eight, like, five seven or eight. eight years. Um, and it's almost become really competitive. I feel it's dying down now. There was a stage where there was you like... You were auntie. Yeah. Like, you were like, I don't have a Christmas jumper. I don't jumper. do jumpers now. Why? I don't know. I just never got into it. They're it was very never, warm. It was never a thing. very warm. They're bulky. They're kind of uncomfortable. I just feel like uh, there is a strong overlap between Christmas jumper wearers and misogynistic jocks. So I have a very bad association. You know, you see these big groups of men going How's for that like connection? 12 pubs. Yeah, the 12 pubs. It's like big groups of guys who are drunk and Larry wearing Christmas jumpers. So now I have an association. I'm like, I just won't. I'm not interested. I associate them in with that, that group. Well, not necessarily misogynist jocks, but big, big gangs of people going on the piss. And I'm like, it always looks, looking at it from an outsider, you're like, that actually looks like no crack. But there's something about... It doesn't look like any crack. If you're wearing a Christmas jumper on your own and you're just walking to the shop, that I find that that's, I feel self-conscious if I'm on my own. Like, I feel like Christmas jumpers travel in packs and you do need a group around you in order to feel like a normal person or else yeah. you're just the idiot wearing a penguin jumper. Exactly. But do you think that's kind of an Irish thing that I feel like when it comes to fashion we are very much into group fashion in a way that maybe America is slightly into but they're not so much like in the UK people prefer to dress like this is all kind of anecdotal from my own experience mm-hmm. but they prefer to dress more kind of in you know individual and have their own style whereas you know in Ireland when you when, when you ring your mates as a teenager you'd be like what are you wearing is it like jeans and a top or oh. is it a dress or is it a skirt night and you just wear you the exact I mean? same yeah. thing that all your friends wear yeah. throughout your and entire like, secondary school life even now you see secondary school age women mm. all wearing pretty much very slight variations on the exact same outfit but it's a fa- I think we love that it's like a fashion thing though I think because there's less of us there's less options like if you walk like there's that kind of at the moment there's like the 90s look yeah, so, yeah. and it's so easily recognisable and then there's like the really heavy grunge look we just don't have as many variations in our style because we're not as stylish we're not that stylish we're just not as no. stylish can I ask Although about we are um, with the online shopping yeah we're doing online right. shopping can I ask about Christmas trees real or fake real 
Real, but my mum, my own tree this year is real, but my mum um, got a fake tree a couple of years ago, yeah. much to the disdain of the entire, it was like a really big, it was bigger than the stockings go and it was like a really big thing. My parents went fake two years ago and it's kind of changed the whole <laughs> situation. Yeah. yeah, no, it's like, she was putting it up in the house there yesterday and she's like, it's lovely, isn't it? It's lovely. It's a very well-formed fake Christmas tree, yeah. but it doesn't smell like a tree. It doesn't shed like a tree and it's not wonky like an if Irish If it doesn't Christmas shed tree. like a tree and it doesn't wonk like a tree, is it even a tree? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what I think um, the issue is. We're we're going too early now, so and you early. cannot get a real Christmas tree at the end of November and expect it to not be totally limp and we embarrassing. Have to, we have by to water ours. This is what somebody else said to me. Chris, ours no, in, ours is in a is, pot of water. This is too high maintenance. I like a real tree, but in my house, which is also weird, our tradition was we got the tree on Christmas Eve. <gasps> and we would all complain. Like, well, not all. There's That's only two pretty of us. grim. Like, yeah, yeah having a Christmas tree so all the way up. Up until up until Christmas Eve, and sometimes my parents would kind of give in, and we get it on the twenty second. But that was like a big concession. Why? That was just. I think that's just what my parents always did, and they're like, no, like you know, you don't need to drag this out. Like it's not, you know, obviously as well. Five and six and seven years ago, they got away with it more because Brian Thomas wasn't opening its Christmas shop yeah. in April. Yeah. So like they could kind of get away with doing it a little bit later. Whereas now, well, they still do it on. I think they kind of do it on like the twenty first, twenty second now. My parents now. Yeah. But but I'd I think be, if if, if we were there to do the heavy lifting, they'd probably do it on Christmas Eve still. Yeah, I think so I'm doing this the Christmas tonight. this year has been very early this year. I feel like it's been Christmas for about six weeks already. See, I live beside a Christmas market, and by the way, Christmas markets are so crap. Have you ever been to a good one? Yeah, I've been to a good one in Belgium. Where? Okay, Belgium. grand. Yeah. yeah, but in Ireland, they all just sell those Aztec jumpers. Yeah, it's like they're the only place that the Aztec people can get a license to sell stuff. <laughs> they all oh sell God. Aztec jumpers and hot dogs. The hot dogs of Hoth are set up, and they're playing like Oh Holy Night out of their stand, and they're selling hot dogs like, <laughs> like the back of Jesus. Well, that is a bit weird. But you know what? Um, Henry Street, the Henry Street stands this year are of exceptional quality because last year they were full of fake Kylie Jenner stuff. I haven't seen any of that this year. But today I did see an entire stand dedicated to dog clothes, like Ooh. including a little like bright blue puffer jacket for your dog with like a proper zip and little button pockets. Like Adorable. it's very. Oh, oh, oh. And they also had the most amazing like it was like as if your dog was wearing a jumper and jeans <laughs> and, and the dog puts its little paws into the leg of the jeans. It was amazing. Where is I'd your love- Christmas market? That's right. I don't want oh. to say now. I don't want to say now. <laughs> Hashtag anti-plug. I don't want to say where it is. But they're all the well, same. you don't want to tell people where you live, Juan. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Turn exactly. But they're all the same. I found them all. They're all the same. They just sell this mat, like Velcro, like everything's felt. Like they felt flowers and all. It's like, can you, can you not just sell something decent that people actually want to buy? You need to go or, to one abroad. The ones abroad are magical. There's actually so much to talk about, about traditions, but we're talking about, we're just going to shite on constantly. So I do want to bring this back to some kind of direction in foreign countries have you ever heard of the Krampus yeah have you seen <laughs> it <laughs> Lads. That literally sounded like like Joanne was Foghorn. like waiting outside a hotel for Lady Gaga and was like, yeah, there she is. Isn't he like the real moody bastard, Santa? <laughs> this yeah. is the Krampus. Show Rosemary. So the Krampus originates in Austria and it's a beast-like demon creature that roams city streets, frightening mm. kids and punishing the bad ones. And uh, yeah, it's Christmas. It's not Halloween or anything. I like so. this though because I think Christmas ca- should be and can be dark. Like festivals can be dark. Like Halloween is dark. I think Christmas should be dark too. Sometimes kids this, aren't good. This guy steals the kids though. Like he takes the kids. Yeah. That's but, a bit much. Well, that's the same where as the one in... Um, I don't know where he puts <laughs> where, them. Where does he put them? That's the same as the one in... He whisks them away in his sack. Mm-hmm. And then... 
Oh, then, then I start talking about Japan. So I don't know what he does with them. They, on, but this is a hypothetical. Like this is an imaginary creature. Like you're not suggesting that this man actually goes and steals kids at Christmas. Well, to no, be fair, Tony, you've already ruined Santa for us. So let me at least have Krampus. <laughs> no, but it's basically what they tell the kids to keep them in yeah. mind. Which actually, it's I'm like not good. sure Elf on the Shelf is doing the job over here. So maybe we need a Krampus. Elf on the Shelf terrifies me to my Elf very soul. Elf on the soul. Shelf is the creepiest. It is idea. the creepiest thing. And if I hear another Irish person saying the Elf on the Shelf tradition, and I'm like, would you actually? Fuck off, because that has only been a tradition in the last two years, and that is not a tradition. Come here, what's else? They on move the shelf? them every night. Yes, right. Okay, never good. Heard of it. So, I, I, so I, Elf no. on the Shelf is this creepy elf that people buy as a gift for their kids, and what they do is the elf sits so like on a random shelf and it watches you and makes sure that no. you're well behaved. And when you wake up the next morning, the elf has moved, and Slightly. he might have done something. Yeah. So like, <laughs> my friend has an elf on the shelf for her kid, and one night the elf like drew little smiley faces on all the fruit in the fruit bowl. Like the elf does weird little like jaunty things. I think that's your friend. Well, <laughs> that's <laughs> weird. But it's kind of a good way. Like as in religion was made to keep people in line. It was like I won't always be able to watch you but God will be able to watch you. Religion so you was to be- made to give us a purpose and, mo- and a moral compass to no, not to keep people in line. It was actually built it was actually created to keep people in line. That's genuinely what it was to do in, in cities and towns where they could the police couldn't watch people all the time it was like we can't watch you but this person so you, up here will always be watching you're you. telling me and if you, Jesus came back from the dead to keep people in line I'm telling you now Jesus it's is the same real. reason the totem pole was created it was like look at it it's all the way I can watch you I can watch you the point is that people have to be think think that people have to think that they're being watched and that to behave consequences. yeah 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 it is kind of a way of keeping the kids like I think it's used more like a bargaining chip than anything else it's definitely like well the elf is watching so you have to make sure that you're good because the elf goes and tells Santa about everything let, let, spe- let me just say something as somebody who doesn't have kids so I can say these things uh, maybe it's up to people to keep their own kids in line a little bit more and they wouldn't need elf on the shelf kids are bold kids are bold lo- and not, they do bold like things. hashtag not all kids but a lot of kids are, bold. are bolder than we were at that age I spent my entire childhood thinking I was being watched by things like china dolls posters with eyes like we had to move all the dolls out of my bedroom we had to take down Dud- I, Dudley Moore I used to be have a thorn for Dudley Moore he's in Santa Claus the movie is it Dudley Moore I'm thinking of yeah Dudley Moore the little guy yeah yeah, lot. yeah. yeah. Huge big poster of Dudley Moore. I like, have a thing for Dudley Moore. The <laughs> lad. <laughs> I had father issues as a child. Um, and it's it, just a big, short guy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Huge big poster of him and I was convinced it was moving and watching me the whole time and my mum had to come in and take it down and all. Put, specifically telling me a tiny doll is watching me would have had me in the horrors. Can we just get back to Christmas for a second? Yeah. So you know my... <laughs> totally more. This is, this is also related to things watching you. So at Christmas, we used to always watch another BBC version of The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. Mm. Yeah. I think probably because it's about five hours long, so my parents would be like, here, give you something to do, put on the Betamax, and then you have to rewind every tape, you know, so you'd be there for, for like four days. And uh, Maugrim, you know the, the, the wolf in that, who yeah. turns from like a wolf to like a really bad BBC costume wolf man and then gets back, turns back into a wolf using terrible rudimentary CGI. I was terrified of him he was in every dark corner he was like down the toilet sometimes I'd be like peeing mm. and be like I have to go really quick because I'm afraid more come down there and I have to put the lid down like really I was so terrified of him just at Christmas time or oh no well I was terrified of him all year round but, but like <laughs> okay. we used to watch it at Christmas it time it triggered at Christmas yeah time. and I think it was my parents way of going oh she's getting a bit off the rails let's let's watch Morgan again <laughs> <laughs> I used to be terrified of um, when I watched Charlie and the Chocolate Factory do you remember the kid who went up the chocolate pipe <laughs> Do you remember your man? The fat kid. He went up the pipe. Oh, what? You don't remember him now? Was he written out of history? It's just like <laughs> I was so terrified he went up the pipe, right? 
And then, because I lived near the Rainbow Rapids. And then after my parents would be trying to bring me down. You're afraid of going up the pipe. And I was I was terrified to go into enclosed spaces because I was convinced I was gonna suffocate like that kid. That film is terrifying. Like it's terrifying. <laughs> You're one blowing up like the blue the blueberry and all. Like that still, is not right. If I'm being totally honest, I still don't understand what the moral of that film is. There's definitely a lesson that's being taught throughout the whole thing. And don't I still, eat and don't be bold. Don't be bold. But then Charlie goes and is bold in the room when he what? goes and he tries the chewing gum and then he flies up into the air with Grandpa. Oh, do you remember? Yeah. And then Willie's no. like, "You're the worst. Get out!" And it was a it was all a big test. But yeah, it is terrifying it's throughout the whole so thing. So scary. I wasn't afraid of tubes because of it though. <laughs> I was terrified. <laughs> I was terrified and then I used to have this reoccurring nightmare after it and I don't know where this came from that, and it was definitely connected to um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that I was I used to grow those do you know if a potato if a potato was left it starts sprouting yeah. stuff Mm-mm. yeah so I would dream that I was sprouting all that stuff like reoccurring from my childhood <laughs> I think that, that had anything to do with Charlie and, and suffocating in a pipe Okay, so on that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Christmas in the office, which is a whole other ball game. But well, first, I'm not allowed to have fears. I'm not allowed to have fears. <laughs> it's time for a spotlight on sport. I caught up with two-time Olympian and modern pentathlete Natalia Coyle during the week. Here's how we got on. So the modern pentathlon is full-on badass if I could do one of the events that you do I'd be happy as a clam could you talk us through the origins of the sport and what exactly it entails for any of our listeners and our readers who may not know so modern mentathlon is one of the oldest sports in the modern day Olympics it was created by a guy called Pierre de Coubenberg who came up with the Olympics and it's supposed to be based on a soldier or a modern day soldier that you could drop them anywhere in the field and that they could run and shoot and swim and find their way home so it's kind of supposed to be based on an all-round soldier or the all-round kind of complete athlete that's so cool I know you started off in horse riding didn't you that's how you kind of began your journey within the modern pantathlon how did you make that transition into it yeah well I'm from Meath originally and that's kind of how I picked it up I just did it you know I did horse riding when I was younger just kind of for the crack in the summers yeah and then I picked up something called tetrathlon which is running swimming shooting and horse riding just everything without fencing and that's really kind of just about kind of doing sport in the summer it's nothing too competitive and then I realized I didn't like losing and (laughs) I started to train quite hard and that's kind of it progressed from there it kind of snowballed and I think people always talk about these things where you know they never really realized how far something was going to take them and that was certainly the case with me you know I just knew I wanted to get on the Mead team and then it was the Irish team and then I knew kind of that I wanted to do pentathlon and I came last at that for a while and suddenly I knew I wanted to continue on so you know it kind of just snowballed for me definitely um, the thing with the pentathlon is that there's there, it's multi-event obviously what would you say would be your strongest event within it or, or do you do, do you do that do you even judge yourself on that or, or which is your favourite probably better question um, my favourite probably is fencing I really enjoy fencing it's real tactical and it's something that you can never stop learning in because there's always different moves that you can learn it can also be the most frustrating though because yeah. uh, one minute you can be hitting everyone feeling like a boss and then the <laughs> next time you can just be losing loads of hits and I'm not feeling like a boss anymore yeah. so it's quite an up and down sport um, so I spoke there obviously you're a two time Olympian um, after Rio you were upgraded from 7th to 6th position because of the 4th uh, place Chinese athlete and, and she was disqualified for doping you've spoken about doping before in sport 
And you said that, I, I read an article where you said one of the only ways to combat it is to up the stakes on what happens if you get caught. So in some countries, there isn't a huge stigma around doping. Is that is that kind of what you think? Yeah, there wouldn't be a huge stigma around doping in some sports. You know, in Ireland, I don't know if I'm probably jumping the gun here, but I find we're quite an honest country in that kind of way. And, you know, there's no way that I'd ever think of doing anything like that. Yeah. And I think it's kind of ingrained in our culture as well. Whereas in other countries, whether it be for the fact that they have no alternate jobs or alternate way of funding, people don't really think of it as such a bad thing. And, you know, that is very difficult because in different countries, they just serve their ban and come back on the team again, or they might do something like that anyway. And I think definitely if you made it a criminal offence, people would think a lot more before they started doing something like that because they could end up going to jail. And that's something anyway that, you know, I think that could help a little bit. But who knows, really, it's it's always going to be a fight against uh, doping. And I think Ireland have one of the best systems in the world anyway. You know, I'm constantly tested um, and I, they know where I'm going to be 365 days of the year. Yeah. And we have an incredible, credible anti-doping system. And I think if our system could be used all around the world, that would definitely help a good bit as well. It's funny how you said there about how, you know, if an athlete gets caught, they'll serve their ban and then they'll come back. I mean, have you encountered athletes like that around the world tour? I mean... Would they not be mortified? Like, I would just be absolutely mortified. If anything, the shame of it, I wouldn't be able to carry it around with me. No, they, like, there is a couple who have served bands and come back, you see, and that's the thing is there isn't really a stigma around it, you know. Yeah. So for them, anyway, they don't feel it. I, you know, I I feel very differently about it, obviously, and I think a lot most athletes do. But I think it's whatever kind of the overall feeling in the your country is, is the big one. And, yeah. you know... It is odd, especially in maybe they've been off for three years or something and then they come back in and generally they aren't up to scratch anyway because the sport has moved on massively. But, you know, it, it, it can be quite annoying when you see someone there or when you think back, to be honest, for me, if i come sixth in the Olympics at the time, I don't know what opportunities that could have given me after the Olympics, yeah. whether I could have get, got better funding or some better sponsorship and things like that. So, you know, those things cross your mind. Coming back to the Olympics then, a number of mixed relay events have been added to the Olympic Games for 2020. Unfortunately, modern pentathlon was not successful in adding one. Um, that must have been kind of a blow for yourself. I mean, I know you and Arthur, you won a World Cup event in Poland there a few months back, which is unbelievable. Why do you think, um, why do you think it was overlooked for a mixed relay? I know I was devastated because we're actually world, uh, we're ranked world number one in at the moment. And yeah. I was really hoping it would come in because I'd have a shot then at Hopefully, one if not two medals in the Olympics would yeah. be great. But um, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure why it was looked over. You know, we have we're kind of one of the oldest sports for the mixed relay as well. It's been in for a number of years as well. I think I did my first one in 2009 or so. So it is quite old. I don't know. Maybe there's, there's, they come back with suggestions. I yeah. suppose I'm hoping the sport will work on them and possibly for future generations they might get a mixed relay in but unfortunately for me this time around I was a little bit devastated about that but I suppose you got to regroup and focus at least is at least is one medal that you can try and win Absolutely and I mean it is good as well it is a positive thing that any kind of number of mixed relay events were added in terms of gender balance and kind of getting that that gender equality within the Olympics do you agree? Yeah no I think it's fantastic you know there has been a big focus on gender um, equality in the Olympics in the past couple of years and I think I'm not entirely sure on the numbers exactly, but I think it's something like 49 to 51% um, men to women or women to men. Yeah. So it's very, very close on uh, gender equality. And that's great. And, you know, I have to say, 
I'm very lucky. I'm in a sport and definitely I've never seen any sort of gender inequality for me anyway uh, competing for within Ireland. Yeah. So a few months back we were all glued to our TV screens watching you on Operation Transformation. What was that? um, I loved it. What was that whole experience like for you? I mean, if anything, it was great for your sport as well because it brought like, I'd say a national audience to it. Um, I suppose you could call it a niche sport. That's not an offensive thing to say about the modern pentathlon, is it? No, not all. Like a niche, a minority sport. There's a good few of them around Ireland, you know, something that isn't kind of taken up by the masses. No, it was um, it was fantastic. It was such a good opportunity for pentathlon, and you know we jumped at it. It was a lot of work. I have total new respect for anyone who's behind the camera or in front of the camera now. Oh, sure, I know, Natalia. Wasn't I tr- wasn't I trying to get you for an interview for that whole time? I couldn't nail you down. It took there up a lot go. of time, exactly. <laughs> but it was a great experience. You enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I loved it. It was really good, and the guys were so great on it. They were really good fun, and you know I think it's really important as well because one thing that I do enjoy about Operation Transformation is it's not just one category of weight or person who does it. You know, there's people in there who kind of are from all different backgrounds who are trying to lose some weight, get healthier. And I think that's really important because that is going to be, that is a big issue in our society today is obesity and especially childhood obesity. So I think it's really important just to kind of show different people how they can get back into sport or even start sport. Absolutely. So before I let you go, because I know you are running or you're about to swim, you're going to jump in the pool. So how is the training coming along at the moment? What are your goals for 2018? Is Tokyo front and centre? Yeah, no, training's going really well at the moment. Um, at the moment, we're doing five swims, five runs, four fences, two gyms um, and three shoots. In so a, in a week? full on at the moment. Oh, my God. In a week, six days a week. I was like, is that like so over a month? full on. <laughs> so that's why it was uh, difficult to get on the phone but it's, no it's going really well I'm really looking forward to 2018 I'm hoping to place highly in some World Cups at the start of the year and then go for go for a really good position in Europeans and then 2019 is a big year for me because that's Olympic qualification so yeah. that's kind of where all my goals are going towards at the moment And will you take a break over Christmas? Will you relax or will you cut it back to maybe four swims a week four runs? <laughs> Um, yeah, well, the nature of Christmas, everything kind of shuts down a bit, so the pool is kind of shut, so that happens whether you like it or not. But yeah. no, I will, definitely. I, I'll take, we take um, a couple of days down over Christmas, and you get to recharge, see all your friends and family. And, yeah. you know, I try and drag my brother out to the Hill of Tara most years as well, so <laughs> let's see if I can do it again this year. Well, good luck with that. Natalia Coyle, thank you so much for joining us on the show, and we'll be following your career closely in 2018. Thanks, Lane. It's a funny time of year for productivity in offices, so it seems that everyone gets a bit giddy around this time of year as soon as the Christmas tree goes up. Also, according to a recent survey carried out by Travelodge, one in five people will take the day off after their Christmas party to avoid the hangover slash embarrassment, which people are perfectly entitled to do because it's their days. We did run a piece on her.ie about the ways in which to survive your Christmas party, which I do want to get to. But first off, are you going to a Christmas party this year? I'll go because I'm freelance, so I'll go, I'll, drop, I'll go to a few. I have a few different ones to go so to. So you do drop-ins for people I work work with. Yeah. Okay. I'll go to I'll go to two. I think, but I remember oh, you don't have an office technically. See, like. I don't have an office yeah. now. So my Christmas party would be like me and the dog getting locked <laughs> on our own. Um, you can get dog beer now. Can you? Mm-hmm. When you were my dog clothes earlier, I was like, I'd love to get a pair of Spanx for my dog because she's after putting on a lot of weight. No, she'd be so uncomfortable. She'd be farting. She'd be Would really she? <laughs> yeah, she farts be, anyway. No, she'd be, it'd be worse. Mm. Don't do it. 
I don't think it matters if dogs are a bit overweight. It does. It's not good for our health. Isn't it? But the spanks no. aren't going to help. <laughs> I don't think the spanks will be good for our health either. Just stop embarrassing me over the Christmas season. Stop you know shaming. I mean? Fat shaming your dog, by the way. Which, which do you think is more embarrassing? A fat dog or a dog in spanks? <laughs> fat dog. <laughs> no, wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how... Rosemary, Sorry. are you going to a Christmas party? Sorry. Um, well, I don't know why I'm apologising. That was Joanne's fault. Uh, I have already <laughs> been to our Christmas party because... So I work in a gym in Smithfield and the two women who own the gym are, are, going, are on honeymoon right now. So they're in Australia for like four weeks. So we had our Christmas party really early. So we had it in November. They're married to each other. They're on mm-hmm. honeymoon. Oh, nice. Yeah. And because... No. Yeah, they were just on they random just honeymoon. Go on, like double honeymoons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we just went for lunch because we're all bored and I think one of like there were five of us and one person had a glass of wine so it wasn't like but when I used to work in an office I remember one year going to the Christmas party it was like a huge uh, huge affair I was was going to ask about big corporate Christmas parties yeah it was a big corporate thing and there was about 200 people and I remember going to the bathroom at one point and one of the women who worked in the office went this is fucking shite I used to get laid at every Christmas party and this (laughs) one is rubbish and I was literally like Oh my god! Tell me more. And then she left. Well, the and I never found out who it was. So you didn't know who she was, or you didn't know? No, no, no. I knew she was, but I was like, "Who were you?" Because because I felt like all the men in the office were either like incredibly unattractive or incredibly, incredibly geriatric. Maybe they'd left. So I was I was researching this, and there's so many survival tips of what not to do at a Christmas party. Don't sleep Sorry, with before anyone. you say that, can I tell you about one Christmas party I went to? Okay. Um. So when I worked in uh, pure a PR agency and I was there about which PR agency no I'm just joking don't tell me I was there it's the one across the road I was there about seven days before the Christmas party happened that was, was that um, strategic no because that'd be good no you're not supposed to go to the Christmas party if you've only been in seven days like, like you're not the Christmas party was in the office okay oh, so you couldn't really get out of it, out of it. Um, and it was a young enough company but so anyway I went and I got like what? Like absolutely locked. I bit <laughs> some guy in the arm. All right, and then I don't remember anything else. Okay, I properly bit him. Like, and I woke up, Why and I was like, him? "Where?" Because there was no rhyme or reason to it. Okay. I'll tell you why I bit him. We were having a competition of who could hold our hand in an ice bucket for longer, <laughs> and he was winning. So to try and get him to crack out of it, I bit him in the arm. Anyway, so there I was, and I woke up, and I was like, "Where am I?" And I. Long story short, I was under my boss's desk. It was <gasps> about four or five in the morning. Everyone was gone. I was locked, like they've um, shutters and everything, an alarm system set up. You got locked in the building. I got locked in the office. I stood up and of course the whole alarm system started going off because <laughs> they had these like sensory alarms. It was so embarrassing. What did you do? Seven days I was in the office. What did you do? Like I had to ring the boss. She had to give me the code. Then I had to go out, like, it took ages to get out because I had to get out some fire exit out the back because the front was, like, um, had shutters on it and everything. I can't um, believe they didn't fire you, no offence. Yeah, like, no, that's, a bad, that's a bad story. <clears throat> Everyone was like, oh, mm-hmm. how's you? Like, it was obviously... You fell asleep under the boss's desk. Under the boss's you know desk. Actually, that's a bad reflection on your colleagues. Why do they leave you asleep under the boss's desk? They must have thought also I'd gone. Question. They obviously just thought I'd gone. Right. But, like, I'd knocked also, over... Like, let's face it, they didn't care about her. Should I have been there seven days? No, probably no, barely I knew her name. I, no, I'd knocked over all her, um, like, her, uh, her underneath her desk. Was, I was in a complete blackout obviously but I'd knocked over loads of files like I <laughs> did a proper job on it I think that's um, 
pretty much a what not to do story mm. in itself. Um, but a few of the things Stop. to avoid. The biggest one that comes up is, yeah, having sex with your colleagues. Just don't do it. But apparently it comes up on all the lists as if it's something that if you go to a Christmas party, it's going to happen. But of course, couple of drinks. You've had the flirtation during the year. I can totally see how it would happen. It's Christmas. It seems that the Christmas party <laughs> is just is an event and then everything else, it doesn't matter. Well... What it happens does at matter. the Christmas party stays at the Christmas mm. party. I don't know if that's true though because people just, still talk about it for the whole no, of year. Course it's I not know. True. You spend so much time with these people. Like you spend yeah. more time than your family. Yeah. Yeah, more time than your partners. People. The great thing is if you fancy someone at work that's like the best thing in the on, in the world that can happen to you because it makes you get mildly drunk and sing karaoke though. But if you have a mild flirtation with someone in work yeah. or you fancy someone it, no, it, it actually makes does work make it, it like enjoyable. it makes life worth living. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So one of them is yeah, don't have sexual relations with anyone. Don't do shots with the boss, that's another one. Like stay I think stay away from the boss as much as possible at Christmas parties. Yeah, party. but I also feel good. like if you're at a Christmas party and your boss is like, "Come on, let's do shots." You don't want to be like, "No, no." Yeah. "No, Lisa, I don't think that's a good idea. Why don't you why don't you sit down and I'll get you a glass of water like that's not the way to make friends <laughs> no and I do I have done that before where I've gotten really tanked with bosses and you do start like drop, dropping some truth bombs yeah, as yeah. you see it about you know what I think is wrong with this company yeah, you do yeah. like you do it's very dangerous I know somebody who was fired after something that they said at a work night <gasps> out what because, yeah she was sacked from her job and what did she, she say? She said something about like, oh, you know, this is a terrible thing that we have and it's just awful and the morale is down or something. It wasn't anything that was mental, but uh, she was called into the office the next week and she was fired for it. And she oh was tanked. She was hammered. I do feel there's stipulations that you have to be like, look, if they're drunk, you know, they're not being themselves. Obviously, you wouldn't have in sound mind fallen asleep under the desk. Yeah. Um, the other one is the Christmas cry. So there's always a crier at the Christmas party. To keep them away from me it's too annoying I've mm. been in that situation before where now I love an emotion right I love having an emotion just one and I love being around people who have an emotion and I love like the deep like I want straight into the deeps like straight away um, but the, if someone starts crying and you don't really know them it just be, it's very awkward what do you do it's so awkward it's very awkward so speaking of awkward uh, there's also the secret Santa that happens in the Christmas office yes. oh my god do you, you do not avo- buy you're avoiding all of this because you're do not buy sexual presents for your that's always the worst stories you hear is like people are like oh you know I, like such and such bought a, a pair of furry handcuffs for the, like no so I, no never I have that's a plan not, it's like it's not funny it's, I have a plan no, to, to ruin secret Santa for everyone this year in the office I'm not not that long in the door. I don't know, I've been here since February, so I'm kind of late. But I want to find out who everybody got, and then I want to go and tell them before they open their presents. And for no other reason, exact. I'm very much against Secret Santa. I think it's stupid. Why? Because you can get someone that you have no idea who they are. I know, but isn't that kind of like? Isn't it supposed oh, yeah. to be a bit of crack? Yeah, like here's a candle. Yeah, you just want one a, candle. You want a everybody present. loves a candle. Aldi has a nice three week one in at the moment for eleven ninety nine. But then you end up great gifting, tube for Joe Malone. But then you end up regifting that candle for years to come. Like I feel like Secret Santa is so impersonal. You, you, a lot of the time, especially if you, if you work in a big office, you don't know the people, and then everyone's just embarrassed about it. So I'm going to ruin Secret Santa. This I would actually love some gifts. By, by the time he wants goes to out, register, and he wants to register for a Christmas <laughs> gift for Secret Santa. Like whoever has me, um, I'm registered at home base. And also, people are trading. People are trading their Secret Santas. Like there's a huge amount going on with this that I'm against do you know you people are like, like who did you get and who did you get oh I, I like that person more can I trade with you and I see it happening it's happening what, over would, there. You rather, what would you rather happen Krampus 
I think like 99% chance whoever got Neve, like Neve has been traded at least wow. five times already. Like this one. No! Yeah. Like, does anybody want to take her? Please, please take her. Listen, I'll go ahead and get you a coffee every day this week. Just, I just take feel, her. I just feel bad for the person who got me because what if they don't know me? Because you're a crank. No. Basically, you're it's not like going to like anything. They'll get you a three-wick candle and you'll be delighted. <laughs> you'll be happy. You'll re-gift it. That's I, life. I me. think Secret Santa is one of the worst things about Christmas. And also, I hate that when people call it Chris Kringle, it makes no sense because it's Chris Kindle. Now hold on. Is it not also in some places Chris Kingle? Who's no. Chris Kingle? Chris Kringle no. is something that somebody made up. It's got nothing is to do Chris with it. Is Chris Kingle no. not the not the Danish Santa? No. No. It's like the way some Irish people say Crips. It's just wrong. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a thing. I forgot they do that. John, you were telling me that you have a bunch of parties to go to. So are you going to drop in to like a few on one night? So the one that I'll go to is my agency's Christmas party. That's the one that I'll spend the night at. Right. Um, And last year it was in their office, which was great crack. It was very 90s and people were like sitting up on desks for naps. Yeah, it was fun. But this time it's in in a venue, which isn't as much crack. But I remember one year because I spent so long in college because I kept dropping out that when I eventually had my first run at Christmas as in I didn't have exams I got so overexcited that I started drinking on say it was like the 1st of December and I just didn't stop I was like it was I was like a nine year old who had access to booze I said actually it was like a prisoner who just escaped from a maximum security prison who just tunneled their way out and didn't know when they were going to get recaptured I ate and drank everything by the time Christmas Day happened I looked insane like I looked like one of those novelty balloons with eyes you know, just like <laughs> and the little foil legs and I was in such bad form that I ruined Christmas for everyone so since then I've been a bit apprehensive about Christmas and festivities and I, I kind of lock in and go right I'll drink I'll go you know bit bananas on that night and then I won't go out for three nights and I'm really careful about it now because it's I mean, genuinely not worth it not to sound like anybody's mom now Joanne but, but would you not just think when you go out in these night outs maybe you should just drink a little bit less Ooh. rather than doing only two nights out you could still do five nights out oh. maybe have two or three drinks totally um, no no <laughs> that's not not how I will I don't I would have like a sixth like I would be able to go out and have three if I'm going out for three drinks I'm going out because I've promised you I'll go out and I don't want to disappoint you but I'm counting down the seconds before I can go back home three drinks it's like come on do you know what I mean if you're not still having a good if you don't tip over three drinks three drinks is your tipping point if you don't stay out after that you're not having a good time you're not having a good time so you've had your lunch and that's it for Christmas parties for you is it? oh yeah sorry I, th- I thought you meant today and I was like no well Neve, I'm going to eat again and wind up dinner later on like, <laughs> she's definitely going to eat some eggs later <laughs> three meals uh, yeah yeah, that's it like so I'm doing very exciting uh, like every year my parents and I and my sister when she lived here but now she's pissed off so it's just me um <clears throat> we would go for like a Christmas dinner so we're going mm. to Pickle you know that Indian place yeah, so lovely. we're doing that on like Friday week for our Christmas dinner night out and we used to go and walk down Grafton Street and see the lights but my dad uh, there's absolutely fucking nothing wrong with him except he has a bad attitude so he won't walk anywhere <laughs> so we're just going to go to the restaurant and go home it's going to be really nice where's Pickle? on Camden Street oh can I just say my dad loves a walk so he what he likes to do around Christmas is um get all the atmosphere so he'll make us like walk around Temple Bar aimlessly not really going anywhere because it's like this is my night in that town that is my dad's idea of an absolute nightmare it's my idea of an absolute nightmare and we slag him for it but bless him he does like a Christmas walk I oh. like kind of floating around so and taking I. it all in so Yeah, I. it's all about atmosphere I'm always trying to chase that like festive dragon <laughs> 
Do you know, like, kind of shoot up the magic? I think I saw it earlier outside Victoria's Secret on Grafton <laughs> Let's Street. go, let's go. You go quick, you can, you can catch it. <laughs> That's why I love, like, the love actually and stuff. It's that vibe. It's like, it's just, Christmas is a vibe that you're trying to always get under your skin and some years it gets under your skin in a big way and other years it just kind of flies yeah, this past. Yeah, year, this year's felt a bit weird to me. I haven't felt that festive but I know mm. our, our Christmas party is actually this week so by the time this goes out it will You'll all already happened. have slept with somebody and drunk and done shots with the Absolutely boss and ruined Secret Santa for everyone. Absolutely Congratulations. Not. I'll do, not. I do feel like the Secret Santa, I might ruin the Secret Santa thing. You're reversionizing yourself for Christmas, is that what you're saying? 100%. I'm an She's angel at these things. Mary. I'm driving. I'm not drinking. At the Christmas party? 100%. Because of all this shit we've been talking about. Oh my Are God. you insane? I would just like to point out, I hate when people say this now. I hate, I hate when people say things like, I, I bet you're great crack because I obviously get that a lot. But Neve, I bet you're great crack. <laughs> like I'm ruining the Secret Santa, I'm driving. Like, listen, I'm having none of this. None of it. <laughs> so finally, what's Santa getting you? What is Santa getting me? Um oh, my well basically I'm I've I've regressed. <laughs> I'm a teenager again and my boyfriend said to me yesterday, Look, listen, like I'm not sure what to get you for Christmas, so why don't we just why don't I just get you a new phone? Because your phone's a bit banjack, so why don't I just get and I was just like Yeah, except what he actually said was, it can be for Christmas and your birthday and you can go halves. <laughs> I'm getting like a quarter of a phone <laughs> for Christmas. Christmas presents get weird when you get older, though. Do you know Who are you supposed I to did? ask? Oh god! And what so, are you supposed to ask for? So basically, I wanted this. I put it up on Instagram. I wanted to get a whiteboard. Um, to kind of jot down my ideas and like you know maybe Ugh. put up my goals unless so, you have amazing writing you're going to hate that whiteboard no 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 because no. I can get, get up every day and be like oh okay this is what I'm you know like I would I've say planned. get a, a corkboard and stick things to it that would be aesthetically prettier than like no. writing no because it's 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 I, I don't want to create like a dream board I'm not going like this She's is the a table I want to work my comedy career towards buying I'm saying like these are the gigs I want to do do you know what I mean okay anyway this so is Pinterest this is like Paolo Coelho yes it feels like it's going to look like a class Room, but go on. So basically, <laughs> what I do is I don't measure in, I don't work in oh. like actual numbers. Did you see? I, I saw this, this yeah. picture. So I use books to measure things, or else I just guesstimate in my own head. So what I did was, Mum said, "Right, I'll get you a whiteboard for Christmas." I said, "Thanks." And I went on this website, and there was a couple of options, and there was this whiteboard, and it said suitable kind of for school size. And I went, yeah, "That'll do for the bedroom." I said, "That'll do." <laughs> I think I saw this. And. My mum rang anyway one day and she goes, get up to the house. And I said, why? And she goes, your whiteboard's here. And I said, yeah, grand, I'll collect it whenever. And she goes, no, 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 get up to the house now. <laughs> and I said, I said, I'll drive up and put it in the car. And she goes, it's not going to fit in the car. <laughs> get up to the house. So me and my boyfriend went up and went into the house. It's over six foot. Like you couldn't get into it. Could you get it into this room? You could, but it would take up that entire wall. <laughs> It's literally like the. Have, have you ever been to Milan and seen the Duomo? It's like the door of the Duomo. It's fucking it's huge, massive, huge. You could stand in front of that, and you would think you were like standing in front of like a fully white what are you vista. Gonna, She's like oh, every time white because the same thing happened with this <laughs> desk that I bought in Oxfam that I measured as four famine plots wide because that was a book I was reading at the time and seven. <laughs> seven famine plots deep and of course couldn't get it into the door which take all the radiator panels off and everything you know everything. what really pisses me off though as somebody who's who's similarly challenged with mm. measurements when you say to somebody right here how big is this rug going to be right and you send them a link 
And my dad will just write back and convert it, either from meters to feet or from feet to meters. And I'm like, no, I need you to tell me what width it'll be. Like, is it going to be the width of the piano? Yeah, exactly. Is it going to be the width of that paint? Is it going to, mm. like... I think all Irish people struggle with that measurement thing. We do. <laughs> I think it's because... Yes. I think it's because we were in school, there was there was the mathers, there was the meter stick. And now there's loads of things that are measured in feet. And how are you supposed to know which is which and which you should it was be always I've just the never, meter stick. I've just never bothered my ass learning it. Well, that's true. John, I've just what never are you going to do with your six foot? So... It's, it's still there and me and my mum have fallen out about it several times since <laughs> and now the deal is to put it up on done deal because she's like that's your Christmas present so you can Was she only going to get you a whiteboard for Christmas? They're yeah. like 20 euro in no, Tiger It was like 250 quid <laughs> Okay well, Are you not listening? Like this is like the world's biggest whiteboard 250 quid it was That should have been alarm bells for you because literally you can get a whiteboard for 30 euro in Tiger Of course but I did not mm. know this okay. I went in and said whiteboard yeah, I know everyone was like you know you can get them for like 40 quid in Ikea yeah. and I was like well no I That's even did not know one. that Ikea's I know. a fancy one so I don't even know how I'm going to sell the thing you're not I'm going to have to give it to a charity <laughs> which I hate doing I would like you to lie down on the whiteboard to draw an outline around yourself like a dead body do and then to like draw things about a murder like you could do a whole murder like that I know I was just going to it's still packaged it's still in its packaging you haven't even taken it out then no you know, what's the point because you know you'll fall in love with it and then you'll have to keep it I any bets I can't even fit it you'll up the stairs my comedy career is going to be massive. I can't even get up the stairs. She was like, Joanne, if this whiteboard is here on Christmas Eve, she was like, don't come home. Like, just do not come back <laughs> into the house. Get fucking rid of it. And so that's that's my Christmas present. So I'd you've the whiteboard that stole Christmas. You've ruined Christmas yeah. for your mother. Uh, tell us what's coming up for you, Joanne. You have a new comedy gig. My new stand-up show is in um, Whelan's on the 2nd of February. What's it called? And it's called Wine Tamer. Ah! Which I thought was going to be a, a it's a, huge That's hashtag. four days before my birthday. Same. Wow, we're talking about me for two seconds. Is that all right? <laughs> Can we get, a, get some tickets for Rosemary's birthday, bro? Um, so the tickets for my show uh, will be in are available on the Whelan's website. And so it's at eight o'clock on Friday, the February, Friday, February 2nd. Wine Tamer, pun Wine on tamer. Lion Tamer. And it's my fresh new stand-up hour. Rosemary, what about Life. you? Well, I'll be personal training clients on eating eggs. At Lift Training Studios, not at the same time because I'm a professional mm-hmm. in Smithfield. So you, say, you, you have fully retired from being an online Well, I'll still person? take, I'll still take money. I'll still take money to plug shit online if I like the you know the stuff and people want to pay me but you're not scrapping anymore no I'm not scrapping and I'm not really like I'll I'll blog occasionally if I feel like it and I won't if I don't feel like it and I don't care about oh I put up that well although I did delete a tweet yesterday because nobody responded to it and I thought that was lame because I was really annoyed I thought it was really good what was it nobody responds to anything I so you know that story you're going to be sorry last night you know that story in Ring of Skiddy where people have been complaining that the Viagra that the fumes from the Viagra plant have been giving the people and the dogs boners well my friend coincidentally yesterday sent us a selfie of herself and a dog in Costa Rica and the dog has like the biggest boner you've ever seen like it's I actually showed you it's revolting and um, great so I then tweeted and said God it looks like the locals were right to be worried with a link to the piece and a picture of this dog with the boner and nobody even liked it so when you see people having a a go on Twitter does it make you go hmm I wish oh, I was there. Does it make me feel wistful? No, no. It makes me feel exhausted for them. I'm like, this just Cause you is can not see, worth you it. You can almost see them turn off. You can see them. They always put the same thing in. They always go, uh, turning off for the night. And then you see them like answer seven or eight more tweets. So they're not. So they're trying to publicly say, I'm done with this. I'm over it. I'm logging but off. But it's really, really don't. hard. Look, this is the dog. It's really, really hard to turn off. It always looks like a dog's erection always looks like a lipstick, yeah, I think, does, yeah. doesn't it? That is not That's okay. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 
I had a dog for 14 years. I've never seen... It's like a crayon. Well, he just like... obviously didn't like you very much. <laughs> it's like a crayon. Isn't it? Look, it's, like it's exactly like a crayon. It's horrific. So you're going to be lifting and eating eggs. I'm going to be lifting and, and, and training people. And training people. It could be you. That is all the time we have. Thank you so much to my panellists, Rosemary McCabe and Joanne McNally. Shane Dempsey was on sound. Anya Leach was helping me out. I'm Neve Marr and I'll chat to you next week. 